We are looking at a verse from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. If you want to turn in your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 is sort of our theme for the year, where Paul there says, I, therefore, as a prisoner, urge you to walk worthy of the manner to which you have been called. And so in talking about this whole walking worthy, we kind of started out the year focusing on the idea of worth and calling. Steve did an excellent job with that. I am in the second of a five-part series where we're talking about what it means to be the body of Christ. Now, the body of Christ is, of course, the church. And last week we discussed that, or more precisely, I discussed the idea that Jesus is the head which may seem obvious in a Christian church, but not everyone subscribes to that idea. And, of course, Colossians 1 tells us Jesus is the head over all things, not just his body, but, of course, all creation. And this week, we're going to look at this concept of what it means to be the body. As we look at the body, we have two parts, two goals of this series, and that is, number one, to focus on who we are called to be as the church. And second, what we are called to do as the church, who we're called to be and what we're called to do. And so I hope you're thinking on those thoughts as we begin together. I know last week we started... With this, a head. Actually, we ended with this. Mike Yeoman told me this morning, he said, that was the creepiest sermon I've ever heard. (laughs) And that's okay. I I hope it sticks with you. Uh, Not that Jesus is creepy per se, uh, but that Jesus is what? The head. So this week, we're going to focus on some other parts of the body. While we're focusing on those parts, I want to ask you this question. And I want you to think in your mind about who it was that brought you to Christ. If you are accurate in your reflection of that, you're going to recall that it was not just a singular who. It was a plural. When I think of my own story, as far back as I can remember... There is, the earliest I could remember was a a co-student of mine, a classmate, who in third grade invited me to go to Awana's. And every week we would go, and that was my first introduction to the Bible. I didn't have much before then. We would go and we would memorize verses We talk about Scripture, how that applied to our lives. Of course, we did a lot of games and fun things, too. But that one student, his name was Michael, by one invitation, helped me learn about the body. Now, it wasn't there where I became a Christian, but it was there where I learned first about Christ. The seed was planted. So, part number one. Then... My grandmother 
would take us to church, my brother and I, and we would go to church with her every, every time we were there. And as she invited us, I would go to Bible class. I would hear Clifford Payne preach. And I heard more about this Christ to which I was introduced. So part number two. After a while, my great aunt and uncle, he was a, an elder at the church. And they began to study with me because I had more questions about what it meant to, to become a Christian. And so, they would study with me and I was baptized into Christ. Was my journey there done? No. One body, many parts, all working together. And then... As I was a Christian, I needed someone to help me grow up in Christ, and so that was my youth minister. And he taught me the Bible, not just in class, but outside of class, and he was my mentor in a lot of ways. And then finally, as we continued on, even at Oklahoma Christian, my professors, other people within the body of Christ, continued not only to teach me Christ in a Bible class, but to show me Christ in a living, breathing fashion. You see, the body of Christ is not just one, it's many. It's not just a one part, it's many parts. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. There are many parts to this one body. And so when we're referring to a body, we're referring to it both as the singular, unified, worldwide body of Christ, but we're also referring to the many different parts that make the body, that make the will of Christ in this world work. It is the body that makes the action, the will of Christ happen. The... uh, American Association of Anatomists, a different kind of AAA, said there were about 7,500 different parts of the body. And that's of the physical human body. Of course, it's really impossible to tell. But it's the, tr- the truth is it's the same with the body of Christ. It's not just one but many. We are butchers and bakers and website makers. We are bankers and tailors, teachers and sailors. We are one, but we are many. In my office is a map, if you've ever been there. And on this map are all the, where all the families, uh, it's from my former job, and where all the families and of those teenagers lived. And I just wanted to get a visual where they were spread out. And it's interesting to me that all those many dots come together as one big dot, well, at least once, maybe twice a week. And it's this idea that we are many, but we are one. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, Paul says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Now that's easy to say, but it is difficult to apply. I don't know about you, but I am sort of a lone ranger myself. I tend to believe that if it's going to be done and done right... 
It's going to be me who does it. And my wife is still married to me after 15 years. But the truth is, the Lone Ranger is a myth. He doesn't exist. Romans chapter 7, verse 4, if you're following along in your Bibles, you'll read there where it says, So, my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we might bear fruit to God. If you have a body and you have a part that doesn't function correctly, you have a handicap. If you're an athlete and you're on a team and one player has a bad attitude or an injury, you're not going to play as well. If you have a family and one of the members of that family, a dad or a mom or a husband, is not going to play their role as Scripture prescribes, that family will be dysfunctional. God created the whole created order to work together, not just as one, not just as one part, but as a whole Group of parts working together. Remember in the Bible, Genesis, the first time God said something was not good was when he noticed that Adam was alone. Adam was alone and it was not good. And it reminds us all throughout Scripture that we need not just to rely on ourselves, but of course on God and of course his body. If every body is going to work, then every part of that body must work and work with excellence. Turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. Paul writes, For just as we, each of us, has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. We all of us have different gifts. Some people uh, I've heard have described the church as an organization. And they even get out like a little flow chart with Jesus at the top and the elders and the deacons. And, and that's a nice flow chart, I guess. It works good as an organizational chart, but the problem that I see with with that as a minister is that people are pretty messy. People don't always fit into the exact role and, and, and work as nicely on paper as you wish they would. The church is probably better described as an organiz- organism instead of an organization because it's a living, breathing, growing body. The people in that picture, I guarantee all of them have unique personality traits, unique gifts from the Spirit, but they also have unique temptations. They are tempted by things. They have done things. They have baggage in their past. They have spiritual weaknesses, and so do you. Every single person here this morning is a unique individual with unique personality traits. But together, those weaknesses overlap and they become stronger. We help one another. We also have unique gifts and strengths and abilities. There are things that you can do better than anyone else here. Just as in this picture, there's individuals who can do certain things beyond what anyone else in that group could do. 
So when we combine our strengths, the weak becomes uh, stronger and the strong become even better. Now, to illustrate this, I need some help from three gentlemen. Please come on up, guys. Solomon said that a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. All right, so I need the two strongest of you. I don't know, you guys decide. Okay. If you guys will face out that way, Cameron, if you'll hold that end of the rope and stand over there. All right, now what I want you to do, center up a little bit. I want you to pull that rope. Now, I don't want you to tug of war it, but I just want you to pull enough where there's tension, okay? All right, got good tension? All right. Um, Now, if... By the way, does one of you have a knife? Nope. Okay. Neil. All right. Neil, come on up here, buddy. Give your knife to Brendan. My scissors were not where they were supposed to be. So uh, hand your knife to Brendan. Neil, you can have a seat. Now, I want you guys to keep tension. Brendan, I want you to cut one single strand of, of rope here. Just find one and cut it. And you guys keep tension on it. Wait. Watch. You know how to use a knife, right? Okay. <laughs> All right. Wait a second. What happened? Nothing. All right. Now, you can give the knife back to Neil and go sit down. You guys can sit down. Thank you. Guys. Yes, you win the contest. This is a simple illustration that if the cord is of three strands of you and me, you and me, my brother, sister, and Christ, when we're woven together as the body... Then if one of us stumbles, if one of us falls, if one of us breaks away, the whole thing doesn't rupture. In fact, the way a rope works is it actually gets stronger as we, as we wrap around each other. Let me tell you a story about the picture above. Jenny Tandy did a puzzle, and I don't think she's here this morning, but this puzzle is... 5,000 pieces. Well, it's supposed to be 5,000 pieces. It's actually put together 4,999 pieces. And that's really the part you notice, right? It's the part that's missing. It's the part that's not there. It's not as the original, as the maker intended it to be originally. The whole picture is incomplete without all the parts doing their part. I don't know what your gift is, and maybe you have a multitude of gifts, but what your gift is is not nearly important as the fact that you use it. Annie Downey made me promise not to pick on her, so of course I did. Um, She said, you know, Toby, there's so many other women who help the kitchen and the meals. And I said, yes, I know. I can't spend the whole sermon listing everyone. But that's, that's, that's classic Annie Down. That's a classic part of the body, not just focusing on itself, but focusing on all the parts working together. Because all the parts have different functions, no matter what their part is. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're just going to look at 12 through 14, but the whole chapter really gives us this idea. Just as a body, the one has many parts And all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, whether slave or free, whether we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, 
but many. The picture is then not of individual parts. That's not the picture Paul was trying to give us as he gave us this picture of Mr. Potato Head. It's not 14 different potato parts. It is instead one part with one unit with many parts working together. Think about it. Just today, just today to come here to church, even if you didn't do anything in a leadership role, someone, well, someone paid the light bill, the electric bill, and someone turned on the thermostat before you got here to make sure it was reasonably warm. And someone, another part of the body, swept the driveway and someone cleared the parking lot and someone came here to teach you, even though there might not have been many here, someone was ready to teach your child in their Bible class. Someone made the PowerPoint. Looks amazing. Someone was here to preach the lesson. Someone was here as a leader, as an elder to guide and direct the affairs of the body Someone was here praying for you. Someone prepared communion. Someone did something for you all under the headship and lordship of Christ. We are many parts. We are one body. And the body doesn't work well unless it works together. Just as you depend on others, someone else is depending on you. So I'm going to leave you with a three-part challenge, and it's this. This month, I want you to stop using a word. I want you to stop using the word somebody. Typically, we use that word when we're talking about a, a problem or a complaint. You know, somebody, well, I sure wish somebody. Just stop that. And instead, replace the word somebody with I. Take some personal responsibility and be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Number two, this week, I want you to raise up another part. So number one, this month, replace somebody with I. This week, I want you to raise up another part. Think of all the people I listed, and that's just for worship. Okay, But worship is just a small percentage of what we do as a body. I want you to try to think of one other person, and and this is super easy to think of Toby or Mark or Steve or paid staff, people that are up front and out front all the time. It's easy to think of elders and maybe even deacons and ministry leaders, but I really want you to work to think of one other person who's always faithful in in their job, who's always doing what needs to be done, and who rarely, probably if ever, is thanked for it. I want you to write them a note, uh, send them a Facebook message, take them to lunch or for coffee. I want you to raise up the body of Christ. Mark Twain famously said, I can go for two months on a good compliment. There is tremendous power in the power of encouragement. So let's take time. It's easy for me to try to do it. It's really not that easy because a lot of people. But you all know people who you love and who you depend on, who you're thankful for. And third, and that's today, I want you to reconnect. I want you to reconnect with one person. So go ahead, take just a minute, look around. Don't look at me. If you're looking at me, you're doing it wrong. Look around. 
I want you to key in and don't stare awkwardly, but I want you to really find one person that you know, you know, you know them, their name. It's not a guest or anything like that, but you know them. They're a part of the body here, but it's been forever since you've talked. It's been forever since you really asked how they're doing or offered to pray with them or offered to minister to them. You find your person. You didn't find your person. You don't get credit. And if I have 100 people come up to me, you're doing it wrong. We're looking at one another. And then I want you to intentionally connect with that person. Now, if, if you, I know there are some overachievers in here who think, well, that's too simple. Okay, all right, I'll give you one. This is, this is a good one today. I want you to look around for, for people that you don't see. People that you haven't seen in a long time, not just today. People that have been gone far too long. And you wonder, you keep asking, well, where are they? And God keeps bringing them to your mind and heart, but you don't do anything about it. I want you to reconnect with them. The body is a unit, and it takes all the parts working together to do the will of Christ in this world. The beautiful thing about the body of Christ is it's not an exclusive club. I know some clubs are like that, that it's hard to... For anyone to be involved, you have to look a certain way, talk a certain way, dress a certain way, act a certain way, have so much money or have so much intelligence or whatever. But the body of Christ in this beautiful body that we live and serve in is an open club. It's open to anyone. And if you are here as a guest this morning, we want to invite you. We hope that you'll come and be a part. Put Christ on as the head And work under the authority of our elders to be a part, a functioning part of the body. And uh, if you've been thinking about that for a long time, why don't you make today the day? And if you're a part of the body of Christ, but your part has not really been doing its part, you've sort of been limping around in your spiritual life, we'd like to help you and encourage you if we can. If we come forward, we'll pray for you, we'll encourage you, we'll put you to work. Because we want all the body working together as one. If you have any need this morning, please come as together we stand and sing.